0: Well, good morning. good morning. No, it's not a free concert. <laughs> uh, you know, this this morning, this Sunday is uh, it's kind of uh, a weird Sunday, isn't it, for some of us? Um, you know, it's it's after Christmas, and so we've kind of gone through all the Christmas hullabaloo and all that kind of thing, and it's not quite the New Year, and so there's this kind of lost, weird Sunday in the end of December. And so, because it's kind of a weird Sunday, I thought I'd do something that's uh, a little bit weird this morning. Um, Hopefully not too weird, uh, but hopefully it will also be helpful. Uh, Also, you know, as we come to the end of a year and we begin a new year, right, Uh, it's often a time when we reflect and we do things, these things called New Year's resolutions. So uh, I thought this year, just to make it easy for you, I would pick your New Year's resolution. And so what I've decided is, y'all are going to learn how to play guitar. And today is your first lesson. Now, how many of you, uh, how many of you have played uh, guitar before? I just have a quick pull of hands. There's a few guitar players out there. How many of you have played some kind of musical instrument at some point? Piano, you've learned. So most of you have uh, done some music. Uh, how many of you have, let's be honest, no interest in learning a musical instrument whatsoever? Right? There's a few honest people. Uh, how many of you got kicked out of school band? <laughs> yeah, I see that hand. Yeah. Uh, we all kind of have different relationships with music, but uh, I thought you know I would teach you a little bit about guitar. Now, uh, hopefully, this won't be too weird. And my goal, really, this morning, is not to teach you to play the guitar. Uh, this is really going to be a parable. And my guitar is going to be my parable. And I want you to imagine with me that your life is a song played on the guitar. Because, you know, there are actually a lot of things about spiritual life and spiritual growth and spiritual vibrancy that are very similar to learning how to play the guitar. Uh, I kind of subtitled uh, this message, Practically Everything I Needed to Know About Spiritual Growth I Learned From Playing Guitar. And there are a lot of things that are kind of similar principles and similar ideas. And so I'm going to pass on to you three of these things today in the hopes that at least one of them strikes a chord with you this morning. See what I did there? Yeah. All right. So, uh, so here's the first one. The first principle that you need to learn to play the guitar is you need to learn the principle of tuning. First thing you need to know how to do is, you need to know how to tune up your guitar. Because if you don't tune up your guitar, it kind of sounds like this. Uh, Nothing particularly musical going on there. And you know, that is kind of like life, isn't it? When our life gets out of tune, there's nothing particularly musical going on there we need to take the time to tune up right to tune our lives you know there's lots of things that can take our lives out of tune uh, it can be something as obvious as sin in our lives especially maybe a sinful habit or some area of our life that we just have not let God have control of we have just said God you can d- deal with any other area of my life but not that that's off limits and so it's out of tune Right? So maybe something that we're not dealing with, uh, a sin that we struggle with, that we haven't really found freedom in. Uh, it may be simply wrong beliefs, lies that we have believed, untruths that we have believed, and they're pulling our, our lives in wrong directions. Maybe there are misplaced priorities or misplaced goals. And maybe sometimes even good things, things that aren't inherently bad, like money or family or relationships or career or success. And they're not inherently bad, but they've pulled our lives out of tune with what God has for us. Maybe there's a wound. Maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe there's fear. Maybe there's hurt. Right? Something that has pulled our lives out of alignment with God. And when things are not in tune, the music of our life is not particularly musical. You know, Paul talked about this in the book of Ephesians. In chapter 4, he said this to the Ephesians. He said, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You see, if our lives are going to sing for God, they need to be in tune. Now, fortunately for a guitarist, there's an app for that, or at least an appliance. There's apps too, but there is an appliance for that. And I have one stuck. It's really small. It's stuck right here under the head of my guitar. This is called a tuner. Now, tuners come in all shapes and sizes. Some of them are very small and very inexpensive and adequate. Some of them are very expensive and very complicated and incredibly accurate. But every guitar player needs a tuner. And a tuner does a couple of things for us. First of all, the tuner sounds the standard, the reference pitch. It gives us a pitch that we need to tune up to, it gives us that truth that true pitch that we can then align to. The second thing that a tuner does is it gives us feedback. It gives us information to help us see when the strings are in tune and when they are not. And you know, God has a tuning system for life. Now, it's actually a tuning system made up of uh, of multiple components. There's lots of tuning parts to it. Part of it is uh, the Bible, the Word of God, right, which sounds the pitch, right? It sounds the truth, and it gives us those true notes, those true pitches that we need. That's part of God's tuning system. Another part of God's tuning system is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and guides us and gives us wisdom and gives us insight and helps to alert us to those areas in our life that are out of tune. Now, a third part of the God's tuning system is community. As we get into community with other Christians and we hear the, the tune of God, we hear the pitch of God in the lives of other Christians, that helps us to tune up and get our lives in tune. And so all of these things help us. And the interesting thing is that the more we work with God's tuning system, the more we tune up, the more our, even our own consciences become able to hear the correct pitches and to hear when our life is out of alignment with God and when our life is in alignment with God. On a good day, I can tune my guitar without any tuner at all. I just need to strum it and I know exactly what's out of pitch and how to put it into pitch. And so God has this tuning system. And once we are tuned up, then we are ready to play that first song for God. Okay, we got a problem here. We have one string out of tune. One string. Just one string. You know, it's interesting how just one thing in our life. We can have everything else in tune. We can have everything else in obedience to Christ. We can everything else aligned to God's truth. And there can be just that one thing that's out of tune. And it can pull our whole life out of tune. So tuning up to God's pitch is not about compartmentalizing our lives and saying, okay, this and this and this and this I'll align with God's truth, but this and this and this I'm gonna do my own way. It's not gonna work. It's not going to work until every string is in tune. And once every string is in tune, then we're ready for the next phase. Now, the next phase is practice. If you want to sing God's song with your life, you need practice. In the words of Alan Iverson, we're talking about practice. We need to practice. You know, when you want to play the guitar, I mean the guitar is based, and most styles of guitar playing anyways, are based around chord shapes, learning to play different chord shapes. of so getting your fingers in different positions and learning all these different chord shapes. And, uh, and there's lots of them to learn, and you don't learn those chord shapes without practice. It takes practice to learn all those things. My parents bought me my first guitar when I was 16 for Christmas. They bought me a guitar and a guitar book and I decided that I was going to learn how to play the guitar. And so I started learning how to play chords. And when I first started learning how to play guitar chords, I'll tell you what, it wasn't pretty. My first attempt at playing the guitar probably looked and sounded something like like this. Right? It, again, nothing particularly musical uh, about that. But as I began to practice these chords, I started to learn a couple of things. First of all, my fingers just didn't do what I wanted them to do. They needed to be trained. Right? They needed to learn different shapes and different moves and different positions. The second thing I learned was guitar strings really, really, really hurt. Many of you have tried to play the guitar, especially on maybe a guitar that's not uh, not so good. The strings, these little metal strings, really dig into your fingers, and they hurt. And my fingers would get sore, and they would would just throb with pain, and sometimes I would get blisters on them, and they would, would be very painful and very, very uncomfortable and not a lot of fun. And so here's what I did. After about a month of trying to play the guitar, I quit. Said, this is too hard for me. Put it away. Didn't pick it up again for over a year. You know, if you're going to walk the Christian walk, if you're going to make your life a song for the glory of God, you are going to need some habits, some structures. Sometimes in the Christian world, we call them the disciplines, they're habits. They're exercises that we do to make ourselves spiritually stronger. These would be things like reading our Bibles regularly. Where you're spending regular time in prayer. Carving out a time in our day where we spend some time just praying to God. And talking to God and listening to God. It might mean regular involvement in community, and that's more than just going to church on Sunday morning, which is important, but more than that, engaging in relationships with other Christians who can encourage us and can teach us and walk with us. It might mean learning how to engage in worship. It might mean learning things like confession and repentance And accountability, how to create structures that help us make progress in our spiritual life. I sometimes call these spiritual disciplines the vegetables of the Christian life. And we need them. Right? They're part of our spiritual journey. But they're not always fun. And they're not always easy. And some of you may decide at the beginning of this year, you know what? I am going to be more devoted this year to the discipline of reading my Bible. I'm going to read my Bible every day. And it's going to be hard for you, it's going to be difficult. You might decide, I'm going to spend some time, I'm going to learn how to pray. And I'm going to spend some time every day praying and listening to God. And it's going to get awkward. And it's going to be difficult. And you're going to be tempted to quit and say, this is too hard, this is too painful, this is too awkward. But it's one of the things that we need to learn if we want our lives to be what God has designed them to be. We need these disciplines. We need these practices. And it's in the doing of these practices again and again and again that we start to toughen up the muscles of our soul. We start to toughen up our spiritual resolve. We start to strengthen our faith. And things become a little less awkward. And things become a little less difficult. And after a while, my guitar playing, my guitar cording that started off sounding like, like this, eventually started to sound like this. And then eventually... Until now, there's certain chord structures and certain parts of songs that I can play without hardly even thinking of them. They're just automatic. I just see the patterns and my hands, just know exactly what to do. Right? And as we persevere in these practices, we get stronger. And our faith gets stronger. And our spiritual uh, power, our spiritual discipline gets stronger. Stronger. Paul uses a sports metaphor in 1 Corinthians 9 when he talks about this. He says, There, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose every step. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. If Paul were using a musical analogy, he might have said it this way All musicians, Spend hours practicing scales and other rudiments so that they develop the knowledge and skills necessary for making beautiful music. You know, the church that I, uh, that I served in uh, about a decade ago in Medicine Hat, we had uh, a lady in our church who was a professional jazz pianist. Very good piano player. And every now and then she would come into the church and she would use our grand piano to, to practice and sometimes to record. And so she would, she would play in the piano. Now my office just happened to back onto the auditorium so when she was in there playing, I could hear her playing. And so Juanita would come in and she would sit down at the piano and she would start playing. And you know what she started with? Almost every single time. You know what she started with? Scales da 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 sometimes really fast scales right but scales triads chords rudiments just these basic musical exercises you know how she got to be such a good piano player she practiced the disciplines of playing the instrument and because she practiced the disciplines she learned the skills necessary to make beautiful music You see, spiritual excellence is a result of spiritual exercise. And if you want to grow in your spiritual walk, you need to exercise your faith. And so we have these these practices that have have been part of the church for for the whole 2,000 years of the church, and some of them even go beyond that. These practices that have been shown again and again to help us grow in our faith, things like reading our Bibles, spending time in prayer, Spending time in community, excuse me, spending time in worship. These are the disciplines, and we need to engage in them, even when they're difficult, even sometimes when they are dull and routine, because they make us stronger, and they enable us to make beautiful music with our lives. And by the way, you know what got me back into playing guitar? I said I I had quit for, uh, I, I tried it, and I gave up and put my guitar away and quit. You know what got me back into guitar? What got me back into the habit of practicing? Community. I got around other people that play the guitar and were learning to play the guitar. First one was my brother who wanted my guitar, said, if you're not going to play it, then give it to me. Well, I wasn't about to do that. Um, (laughs) Don't worry, he got his own guitar. He's fine. Uh, But I also went off to college, and when I got to college, I had a roommate who played the guitar. And I had friends who played the guitar. And they sat down with me and they taught me things. And they played with me. And they encouraged me. And they helped me figure out the stuff that I was having difficulty figuring out. And they would sing with me. And it was through that practice of community that I started to engage more routinely in the practice of practicing my guitar. And you know it works the same for spiritual disciplines? If you're having difficulty getting those basic spiritual practices under control in your life, you're having difficulty persevering, find community. Find someone else who can journey with you, who can encourage you, who can walk with you, who can help keep you motivated and keep you on course. We know this. I mean, how many of you exercise alone? I mean, some of us do, but most of us, even that, we need partners. We need somebody to hold us accountable, and it's no different in spiritual disciplines. And so use community to help you. So now we've tuned up. We're good. We're in tune. We're practicing. We're learning some of the rudiments. There's one more principle I want to talk about, and it's a little bit different than the first two. I just simply call this the principle of the song. You need a song in order to play guitar, you need a song. So imagine you went to a concert. Your favorite musical artist, you went to their concert, paid big bucks, traveled all night to Edmonton or wherever, and uh, you went to this concert, and uh, you, you can't wait to start for the concert to start. And, and this, your artist, your favorite musician, they get up, and they're ready to start the concert, and there's this energy in the room, and everybody's ready, and they step up, and the lights come on, and the smoke machine's going, and everything, out, and they come up, and they start to play. And their first song goes like this. And from our second song, The Five Major Chord Shapes. Not much of a concert, is it? I don't remember the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, ever releasing an album, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra plays the scales. I don't remember anybody winning X Factor or America's Got Talent or America, American Idol or any of those types of talent shows by playing scales and chords. See, as important, as important as those disciplines are, and they are important, what we really want to do is we really want to play songs what we really want to do is not play chords we want to make music that much nicer than the scales? We want to make music. There's an interesting passage in Revelation chapter 2. Jesus is speaking through the apostle John to the church in Ephesus and he says this to them. He says, I know your works, your labor, your endurance, that you cannot tolerate evil people, that you have tested those who call themselves apostles but are not that you have found them to be liars. I know that you have persevered, that you have endured hardship for the sake of my name, and you have not grown weary. In other words, you are doing all the technical things right. In terms of technical religious activity, your church is doing it right. You have it right. You're in tune. You've got the disciplines down. You've got the structures down. You're doing it right. But then he says this, but I have this against you, you have abandoned or lost your first love. So you're doing everything right. You got all the technique down. You got all the principles down. You got all the scales down. But there's no music. There's no love. There's no life. You have the sum total of your Christian life is coming to church on Sunday morning, and I'm thankful that you're here. I mean, you came here on the, that lost Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, and you're still here, right? Uh, but if the sum total of your Christian life is you coming to church once a week, maybe occasionally reading your Bible and saying grace before meals, if that's the sum total of your Christian life, it would not surprise me at all if at some point you came to me and you said, You know what, truth be told, my spiritual life is boring. It's dull. It's uninspiring. It's unfulfilling. I don't really get much out of this Christianity thing. Not sure why I do it. See, because the Christian life is more than just the religious practices, as important as they are. It's important for us to come together to worship. It's important for us to read our Bibles. It's important for us to pray. It's important to us to be involved in community. These are the exercises that strengthen our faith. But if these exercises become simply religious exercises, and the other, I don't know, 160 hours of your week has nothing at all to do with the religious part of your life, those religious practices will come to mean nothing to you. They will just be things that you do, maybe to quell your conscience. But there'll be no song. There'll be no life. There'll be no vibrancy. We need songs. We need our life to sing songs. And what I mean by that is we need to take these spiritual principles that we learn through these disciplines and exercises, and we need to translate them into everyday life so that they make a difference everywhere we go and everything that we do. We need to find ways to translate spiritual truths into daily life. Now, that might be through a ministry or a program or an act of service that you get involved in. That might be through through the intentional way, in, you bring your faith to work. And you say, this year, I'm not just going to go to work to make a paycheck. I'm going to go to work to make a difference. And I'm going to bring my faith to work. And it's going to change the way I work. It's going to change the attitudes that I work with. It's going to change the way I interact with my coworkers. It's going to change the way I interact with my boss. It's going to change the way I interact with the people that I lead. I'm going to bring my faith to work. It might be a relationship that you invest in. Maybe a relationship in, uh, in the neighborhood with someone that, that you can encourage or you can mentor. Maybe it's relationships with your family and people in your family that you can help grow in their spiritual life. Maybe it's reaching out to someone in need. Maybe it's developing a passion or a talent or a calling. Maybe it's just deciding that this year I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to intentionally live with my eyes and ears open, listening for the Spirit, looking for the Spirit, looking intentionally for ways that I might be able to touch someone with the love of Jesus today. I'm not just going to leave my faith in church on Sunday morning. I'm going to sing songs every day. I'm going to bring those things into the rest of my life. What are you invested in that is bigger than yourself and that you do for the glory of God, not your own benefit, that demonstrates Christ, that touches people, and it makes your corner of the world a better place. Those are your songs, and you need to sing them. Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6, he says, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. And again, if Paul were using a musical analogy, he might have said, Timothy, sing the song that God has given you. Take what God has given you and do something with it. And the interesting thing is, when we become those kind of people where we say, I'm not just going to leave my faith in those sort of religious boxes, like go to church Sunday morning, read my Bible, say prayers before meals, I'm actually going to try to integrate my faith into everything that I do. I'm going to start learning and singing songs in every area of my life. The interesting thing that happens is as we do that, we actually become more aware of tuning up making sure that every area of my life is in tune with God, every area is surrendered to him, every area I'm letting Jesus work in. I become much more aware of the need to practice and a need to grow and a need to get stronger. I mean, I'm never so as motivated to practice my guitar as when I'm learning a song. I mean, scales are cool, but songs are where it's at. Songs are the lifeblood of music. Music. And so I want to sing songs because that's what's going to drive my Christian life. And that's what's going to drive your life. Now, I grew up in a, kind of a musical family. My parents both sang. Uh, my brothers are both musical. Uh, my uncles and cousins, uh, some of them sing. Some of them are quite musical. I have uh, one of my cousin's nephews is a phenomenal worship leader. Uh, you know, I, so I do come from a musical family. I grew up, you know, singing in kids' choirs, and I took some piano lessons when I was a kid, kind of competed with hockey, but, you know, I, I toughed it out. Uh, took some piano lessons. I played in school band for uh, seven years. Uh, I, you know, play, sang in different choirs, learned to play the guitar, all these kinds of things. Uh, when I got to Bible college, I decided, you know, uh, something I haven't done a lot, given a lot of attention to, and I, I want to give some attention to, is uh, I want to learn to sing better. And I was, I was a good singer. I had a decent ear. I kind of knew, again, when I was on pitch and off pitch, and I could adjust and those types of things. But uh, I didn't have what I, had at, what I considered a particularly good singing voice. And so I said, I'm going to take some singing lessons. And so I contracted with a voice teacher, and I took some singing lessons for a couple of years. At the end of those lessons, my voice teacher sat me down, and here's what he said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but this is the gist of it. He said, well, I've kind of taken you about as far as I I can take you. I'm not quite sure what to do with you next, um, so I think we're pretty much done uh, as far as I can take you, and here's the thing. You will probably never have a great singing voice. Now, uh, I know enough about vo- vocals to know that, in a way, he's right. I don't have a great singing voice. I'm not going to win any talent contests singing. Um, but that was a difficult thing for me to hear. And over the next couple years, I really struggled with the temptation to give up music altogether. To just say, Forget it. I'm never going to be good enough. But you know, I never did. There was always some reason to pick up the guitar. There was always some reason to sing. There was always some opportunity. And so even though I battled that pull, right, and even today when I hear someone who has a great singing voice, I can't help but be a little jealous sometimes. But even through all that, I kept playing and I kept singing and because I did I have sung in nine countries on four continents I have sung for the president of Kenya I have sung in a church in Romania in post-communist Romania, where for the first time in 50 years, they were allowed to hold an openly Christian evangelical service. And it was the first real evangelical church service they had had in that town in 50 years. And guess who got to sing at that service? I've got to sing with my family. I get to sing for the PRBI students at the beginning of every year. And every year they invite me back to do it again. I'm not sure why, but they do. (laughs) They even let me make noise, joyful noise up here about once a month. And that doesn't even include the thousands and thousands of hours that I have spent in my house just singing. Music is one of the ways that I relax. Music is one of the ways that I kind of unwind. And pretty much every day I play a little bit. I probably will play tonight again. And so even though I may not be the greatest singer, and I'm not, I'm not going to win any awards for singing. I'm an adequate guitar player. I'm way better than a lot of guitar players, and there are a lot of guitar players way better than me. So I'm average as musicians go. But I still sing. And what I want to say to you today is sing the song that God has given you. If God is calling you to do something, he's calling you into something, he's saying, I want you to make a difference here. I want you to step into this. I want you to be the presence and the love and the power of Jesus in your workplace, in your home, in your community, in your neighborhood. Even if it's awkward, even if you think the first time I sing this song, it's going to sound like, you know, the the kindergarten Christmas concert. It's going to be really lousy. Sing the song. Sing the song. Sing the song. And keep singing. Because God will use that to make a difference in somebody's life. So here we are, end of the year, New Year's resolution time. And I don't know what God is saying to you Maybe something that I have said has resonated with you. Maybe you can hear or sense God speaking to you. Maybe he's saying to you, you know what, it's time to tune up. You know what, there's that area in your life, that wound, that sin, that untruth. There's that area in your life that you need to tune up. It's kind of gotten out of tune, out of alignment. We need to work on that. Maybe God is saying to you, you know what, it's time to practice a little more intentionally. It's time to devote yourself to the spiritual habits of growth more intentionally, whether that's reading your Bible, spending time in prayer, engaging in community, whatever that might be. God might be saying to you, it's time to practice. Or maybe God is just simply saying to you, sing the song that I've given you. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let critics stop you. Don't let the awkwardness of getting started stop you. Have courage. Have faith. Step into it and sing the song. May your life this year be a song that honors Jesus. Because you know, that kind of song is way cooler than learning to play the guitar. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you that you are the great artist and you have made our lives so that we can sing songs of praise and honor and glory to you, that we can spread the love and the truth and the joy of Jesus. Father, as we end this year and we begin the next, we ask that you would guide us, that you would show us areas in our life that we maybe need to tune up, you would show us areas in our life where maybe we need to practice and be more diligent and that you would give us, most of all, songs to sing, songs of love and praise and joy, that our lives would be the sound of Jesus in this city and in this world. We ask it not for our glory. We ask it for your glory. In the name of your Son, amen.